The Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete and PaveStone. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is The Money Pit, home improvement radio show. On air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are so thrilled to be here with you today on this beautiful summer afternoon. It's very nice here in our part of the country. Hope it is fantastic where you call home. But hey, if you've got questions, big or small, about taking care of that house, that home, please give us a call right now because we'd love to talk to you at one 888 888-666-3974. Coming up on today's program, we've all heard the warnings about what the sun can do to our skin. But what about our home? Harsh and direct sunlight can definitely fade your furniture and floors, not to mention raise your energy costs. We're going to tell you about a way that you can shut out the damaging rays with the push of a button in just a bit. And have you ever flipped on your faucet only to get a blast of smelly water? Yuck! Richard Chathui from This Old House will be here to tell you how to make that stinky water go away. And it's actually the perfect time of year to abandon your kitchen and turn to your backyard grill instead. We're going to have important information on how you can prep that gas grill for its busy season. And is your home plagued by mold, mildew, moss, or algae? Well, we're going to make all of that go away for one lucky listener, because this hour we've got a three-pack of Spray and Forget No-Rinse Exterior Cleaner. Spray and Forget's fantastic. It removes exterior stains without the need for rinsing. This package is worth 84 bucks. going out to one caller drawn at random. So make that you. Pick up the phone and call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Craig in Rhode Island's on the line and he needs some help with a bathroom makeover. What are you working on? Uh, well, actually, my second bathroom um, in my master, uh, it's kind of old. Um, it has a Simmons um, water mixer, shut off valve. And actually, I'm looking to replace it. It's cracked, uh, has some issues. But I can't get behind the shower to open the wall up to replace it. Uh, because it's actually adjacent to my my first bathroom shower, uh, it's a fiberglass uh, one piece pop in. My first thought is take the insert out, tile it, uh, but then I have to put a shower pan in. You know, I have to do a lot more extra work and money. Um, and then I heard um, possibly cutting the hole bigger, and they have bigger back plates. But I mean, I, I don't want it to look awkward as well, you know. So what exactly is wrong with the valve you have there now? Uh, well, see, I don't think the mixing valve. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but the plate, um, um, the, the shut-off valve, it's cracked. Um, I also have well water. I know it's been taking a toll on the pipes. The, the home's 20 years old. I'm pretty sure it's original to the home as well. I've only owned it for about uh, uh, coming up on two years now. And um, So you so you basically telling me that it's a cosmetic piece? It is. It, it, it is, but I'm redoing the bathroom, and I want to update the fixtures. So, you know, and like I said, it's, it's kind of your typical apartment, Simmons, you know, very uh, like a chrome, you know, the, the kind of cheap chrome finish. Well, look, you have the most impossible scenario because you have back-to-back plumbing walls. And and typically, you know, design bathrooms so that like one side of the wall is like a closet, you know, where you could go and tear out the back wall and then you could get to the valves. Um, but in your case, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you either have to take apart the fiberglass shower or you got to take apart the, the shower that's, that's uh, basically uh, getting you started here. And I don't really have a good solution for you. I mean, I was asking you about the existing valves because I was wondering if maybe sometimes plumbers can rebuild all the working parts of that from the from the action side, you know, from from the inside, and maybe pick up some additional you know faucets that will look like they'll work in there. I, I mean, I would I wouldn't go to the tear out without at least exploring that. 
I mean, I, I, for example, recently had a new uh, shower valve that had to really be replaced. And it turned out that the, uh, the, the uh, valves were plastic inside. Some of the valve components were plastic, the seats. And we tore them out and we replaced them with brass. And uh, we were able to find those at a plumbing supply store. And so I didn't have to actually replace the faucet. My next step is going to, uh, I'm going to go to a plumbing supply and see if they just have a updated kind of um, updated Simmons where I could keep that valve in and everything's kind of, you know, pieced together as well. Right. I think that's a smart thing. You know what you want to do is take uh, some pictures of that and go talk to a knowledgeable guy behind the counter and figure out what your options are. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's my next step. And if not, uh, I guess I'll be tiling a new shower. Yeah, I mean, if you can figure out a way to make it passable, <laughs> I think you should do that because, you know what, nobody's yeah. going to see that space. And I hate to see you spend uh, you know, a few thousand bucks <laughs> redoing it if all you're trying to get is new valves. That's what I'm trying to stay away from. Well, thank you guys very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Judy in Minnesota's on the line with a moisture issue. What's going on? Our house is about 40 years old. And it has, in the, the room that we're talking about, we're painting it. We painted it once before with a, a primer. And, and uh, it turned out really nice. I thought it looked really nice. But now um, we, we repainted it a different color. And, um, and on the inside, then, is that rough paneling. And it's separated by, um, it's got the insulation in there with the plastic on it, and we, we notice now when we're going to paint it that there's moisture like halfway down on the paneling. We, we think that's caused by condensation. It may very well be um, if it's a damp space. Now, there are some things that you can do to reduce condensation in below-grade spaces. It's kind of the same steps that you would take if you were having an actual flood. You want to make sure that your exterior drainage is set up so that no moisture is being trapped against the outside foundation wall. And that means making sure the gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended, and the soil slopes away from the walls. If you've done all those things, then the next thing I would do is I would install a dehumidifier in that space and try to find one that has a built-in condensate pump so that it collects water and pumps it out. Otherwise, you'll be emptying buckets upon buckets of water. And then finally, it's also possible to install a whole home dehumidifier, which is an appliance that is attached to your HVAC system. These are highly effective at pulling moisture out. In fact, most of them will take 99 or 100 pints of water out a day. So those are three different ways that you can reduce moisture in that space. Judy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call on this very first weekend of the summer. We want to see what you're working on. Hopefully you're getting in some relaxing, too. I feel like you've got to mark the beginning of summer by maybe resting for a few minutes, but also doing lots of home improvement work, and that's where we come in. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Hey, these days you wouldn't think of going in the summer sun without sunscreen, but those same UV rays can inflict damage to your house if it's not protected. We'll tell you how after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, pick up the phone, call us right now with your home improvement question. And if you're looking outside your house and you see stuff like mold and mildew and algae and moss, well, we've got a great prize we're giving away that can make that all go away. We're giving away Spray and Forget, a fantastic household cleaner that completely eliminates that yucky stuff. You can learn more at sprayandforget.com. But Spray and Forget removes exterior stains that are caused by mold, mildew, algae, moss, and lichen without the need for rinsing. The package is worth 84 bucks. Going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Michael in Virginia is on the line and is working on a decking project. Tell us about it. Hey, so I've got a 12 by 12 deck that came with the house, and it's about 20 years old. So boards are starting to peel up, and I'm no longer able to get a screw to stick in the sublayment. Am I able to sister the underlying boards with 2 by 4s or something to build up the base, or am I better off replacing all of the... Um, substructure along with the deck. So if it's 20 years old and it sounds like it's not pressure treated and if the existing uh, floor joists have decayed to the point where they won't even hold a screw or a nail, I think it's time to replace that deck structure and all because you're, you know, the clock is ticking now and it's going to be potentially very unsafe in a very short period of time. So what I would tell you to do is to remove it, replace it and consider uh, using composite for the decking surface. You can use pressure treated for the frame, but use composite for the decking surface between the composite and the pressure treated. You know, you'll get more than another 20 years out of it. Okay. Now I've looked at composites and price-wise they're they're pretty pricey. Am I going to be able to save a few bucks by going to um, a heavier duty, um, like a two by six kiln dried board and sealing all that when it goes in? Well, the thing is you don't, well, I wouldn't use two by six. What I would use is five quarter by six. If you want to go with the wood decking, but you're going to have to seal and stain that, you know, every couple of years. The thing with composites is all you got to do is clean it. I mean, if you look at like a big box store like a Home Depot, and those composites are not terribly expensive. And they look really good. All right. I'll have to check them out. Because remember, you're not replacing the floor joist with it. You know, you're only doing the deck surface. So if it's 12 by 12, you know, that's 144 square feet. It's 288 lineal feet. It's probably worth it. I see. Now, we are thinking about expanding it out a few feet, too. Yeah, well, that would be the time to do it, you know. <laughs> okay. So you're doing the substructure is still all of the pressure-treated lumber because you need that for the support. And then all of the decking itself and the fascia boards, and you can even do the railings. All of that can be the composite. And it's really gorgeous. You know, I have one that's sort of mid-range, but it has an interesting grain to it and almost looks like an ipe. You know, it's you can get ones that are super simple, and you can get ones that really look exotic. And I think that's where your price point's going to swing a lot. Now, how do you deal with the um, 
the railings and the, the fencing it in. So the posts would come up and that would be, you know, the basis for your supports and that would be your pressure treated lumber and that would be built up through from the substructure and then there are sleeves that go over it in the composite. Now you can get ones that match your decking or you can go with white. And then for the substructure, now I am talking about extending this out, um, here are these concrete, I don't know, they're about a foot by a foot um, blocks that you can buy that you can lay your four by six across for, they, they say it's for um, decking like in the yard. Am I better off doing that or poured concrete? There are prefabricated footings for decks. They look like sort of like pyramids, but they're not like one by one. They're like one by one by about three feet tall. And they have a place for a bracket on top. I've used those. They work really well. They're a little harder to install because you've got to be more accurate with where the hole is. But frankly, I think the easiest thing to do is just to dig it yourself, uh, a one-foot-by-one-foot square that's a couple of feet deep and uh, you know mix up three or four bags of quickcrete and make that the footing. And then you can drop the pressure-treated right into that. And then if you use the right level of pressure-treated, it can actually be in-ground. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Tom. You got it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now, I've got Allison in New York on the line who has an unwanted visitor at their money pit. What's going on? My husband, I wish he was on with me, but our mission is to humanely trap, we believe to be a squirrel that's running between the drop ceiling in our basement. And my husband said two by eight joint rafters. It's like a two inch space only. And What I want you to do is to go out and pick up a trap called a have a heart trap. Now, these have-a-heart traps are, are live traps in that they're going to catch this squirrel and then you're going to pull this trap out and you can take them out to the woods somewhere and release them. What you do with the have-a-heart trap is once you get it set up, in the back of the trap where you want the squirrel to kind of end up, put an apple back there and don't just put it back there, but wire it to the back wall of the trap. Take a piece of like picture wire, thread it through the apple and kind of tie it off. So because I tell you what, even though these traps are good, those squirrels and other uh, small rascals can, can sometimes grab that without, without uh, uh, tripping the door. But if you wire it to the back of the trap, they don't have a chance. And set it near the opening wherever you can get access to it. And I'll tell you, uh, sooner or later, that squirrel's going to wander in that trap and bam, you'll hear the door slap and they will not be happy. They'll kind of be running in circles trying to figure out way to get out. But you can cover them with a blanket, um, throw them in the back of your car in the trunk, and take it out somewhere. Uh, and then as you open that up, believe me, they're not going to stand around to kind of uh, talk about it with you. They'll just bolt. As soon as you lift that door, they will bolt into the woods. Okay. I hope that helps you out, Allison. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we all know the damage sun can do to your skin, but did you know that it can soar through your windows and doors and do damage to your home? It can. Here's how. The ultraviolet rays, the UV rays that come through those windows and doors, can fade fabric and paint, it can drive up cooling costs, and it can even whitewash your wood surfaces as well. Now, there's a couple of solutions that you can consider. The most obvious are shades, but to step that up to the point where you don't have to even think about whether they're up or down, you can consider one of the many available choices that are out there in smart shades. Now, smart shades work off apps, and they can be timed to lower when the sun is really at its brightest, and then they'll go up when 
when the sun isn't so bright. And they can also come down at a preset time in the evening just to help with security. Now, another option is to have window film installed. Window films are designed specifically to block UV rays, and these can also protect furnishings and even help cut cooling costs in rooms where window coverings are not an attractive option. So, for example, if you have a great room with beautiful tall windows and you really don't want to go through the trouble of covering them with shades or other types of window treatments, you can install window films and they will cut that light to a point where it's very, very manageable. Now we've got Bob from Arkansas on the line with a flooring problem. What's going on at your house? Uh, we was out of town overnight and our uh, house flooded inside from a broken pipe. And it flooded the whole house. So the company come in and tore out all my flooring and subflooring. And when they come back in, the contractors, I bought uh, Pergo, or not Pergo, uh, put together tiles that are like Pergo. Anyway, when they put them together or put them in, did not lock them together. They laid them on the floor and knocked them together and broke all my locks. Now they're coming apart. Oh, you see, a lot of those those laminate floor tiles, um, they're not designed to be glued together. They're sort of a locking joint. Now, if they did not install them correctly, if they tried to bang them together instead of, you have to sort of like rotate them to click together, then there's going to be nothing you can do about that. They've essentially damaged the floor. Okay. My, my question is, they're going to replace it, but should I have them tear out this old flooring and uh, put the new one in or just put this over there yeah definitely get rid of the old stuff because it's it's not going to be secured there could be movement under that now i would go back to the way it was uh get rid of that old flooring and start again from scratch good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit andrea from ontario canada is on the line with a mold question how can we help you today my question would be hi um regarding black mold and it's um sort of behind my sink between the sink and the backsplash, there's a little bit of space, and this black mold settles in. There's a lot of moisture, obviously. We're running the water, and it splashes. So um, behind and around the sink, as well as around my tub, I tried bleach. I scrubbed it. We, at one point, uh, took out the caulking and recocked it, but it came back. So I'm at a of a loss what to do with this mold is going to grow any place that you have an organic material which could be drywall or it could also be believe it or not soap scum uh can have organic matter in it and that can feed mold and so you have a condition there that's going to be prevalent to mold regrowth even when you clean it it's going to come back you're not going to permanently prevent it unless you change the, the environment the climate uh that uh that exists in that particular area so um with respect to the tile area, let's deal with that first. When you retiled, when you re-caulked, I'm sorry, you, did you pull all the old caulk out? Pulled it all out, dug it all out. Um, it was actually our contractor who said, keep it uh, like very dry, bone dry, he called it. And then uh, once we had it all dried out, then he came back and put a layer of this white material. I'm not, not exactly sure what it was, but he finished it off. Okay, so you're not quite sure where the product is. Here would be the steps. When you pull the old caulk out, you need to spray the joint between the tub and the tile with a bleach solution. That's going to kill any mold spores that are left behind. Then after that's dry, um, one additional step, fill up the tub with water because it makes it heavy and it pulls it down. And then 
you caulk it. And when you caulk it, you want to use a product that has mildecide in it. Now, DAP, for example, has a caulk that has an additive called microban. And microban will not grow mold. It will prevent it from growing. And so if you use the right product and you take the step of, of treating it with a bleach solution first before you apply it, that helps it to last as long as possible. But again, if you don't control humidity conditions, eventually it will come back. As for the sink, the same advice um, applies. You not only have to clean it, which takes away the visual, but you have to spray it with a mildicide. And so you could mix, say, a 10 to 20% bleach solution with water and then uh, let it dry and that will help prevent it from coming back. I'll try that. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Coming up, has smelly water shown up at your house? Well, the problem can most often be traced to just one part of your water heater. We'll share that solution next. This is Joe Namath. Now, when I'm not throwing a football around, I'm listening to Tom and Leslie on the Money Pit. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue, AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to talk with you about your home projects. The number is one eight 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 money pit Maybe you've got an apartment you're fixing up, trying to find some storage space, need to paint the walls, paint the ceilings, cover some stains, fix a leak, whatever's going on in your Money Pit, we can help. The number again, 888-MONEY-PIT. Leslie, who's next? Paul in New York is on the line. What can we do for you at your Money Pit? I'd like to... Uh finish my basement and make it a more usable area, but I have a problem with uh, some water leakage at times. I believe the construction is called a floating slab, 
where there's a uh, weep channel around the edge of the basement that goes into a sump pit. Tell me, when do you seem to have the biggest problem with uh, signs of water coming in or actual water coming in? Heavy rains. All right, so I got great news for you. You don't need anything more than some minor adjustment in the grading and drainage outside. Whenever you have water that leaks in after a heavy rain, that's always caused by exterior drainage conditions that are just not right. And usually it's as simple as not having the right gutter set up around the house. You need to have gutters. They need to be clean and free-flowing. And the downspouts, and this is where most people get it wrong, have to be extended a minimum of four to six feet away from the house because those first few feet at the foundation perimeter are where water collects and saturates and then goes down into those basement walls and shows up as a leak inside. So I want you to look at that very, very carefully. The second thing is the angle of the soil at the foundation perimeter has to pitch away from the house. And it has to do so with soil that can drain. Sometimes we see people that pile up a lot of mulch around the house, or they have a lot of topsoil around the house, or they have sort of like a brick edging around some landscaping that kind of acts as a retention pond and holds the water against the house. You basically want to move that water, that first few feet around the house, move it away, get it get it going so that it drains away. It can drop about six inches over the first four feet, but after that, it can move uh, slower with a gentler slope away from the rest of the house. Those two things will solve the vast majority of flooded crawl spaces and flooded basements uh, in this country. The only time you need to install a very expensive sub-slab drainage system is when you have a high water table, and that behaves differently. When you have a high water table, water comes up very slowly. Generally in the winter, it's typically higher, and then goes down very slowly. And you can actually physically see that water sometimes ponding in a sump pit or something like that. But when you have rain or snow melt, and you get water in your basement, that's because of drainage, and that's really easy to fix. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's a common complaint among homeowners for good reason. Nobody wants to drink or cook or even clean with smelly, rotten egg tap water. That's right. And here to tell us about how to offset that odor and hopefully get rid of it once and for all is Richard Rathui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Richard. Hey, guys. Hey, Sue, what's the most common cause of that sort of rotten egg smell? I think everyone has smelled this at one time or another, but if it's very consistent in your house... Where's it coming from? Well, that's the question I'm going to ask you. Is it coming from both the hot and the cold, or if it's just the hot? Because if it's it's from both the hot and the cold, when you open up the faucet, you get that smell. And and if you have a well, I would look at, uh, I would call a well contractor to have him put in a sulfur uh, filter, some way to knock down the sulfur that can occur in groundwater. So the smell is really sulfur. Is that what we're... That's that's right. That's what we're smelling, is sulfur in the water. It can pick up... It's it's actually because hydrogen sulfide is actually absorbed out of the bedrock that can get in the water, and then you have to find a way to get that sulfur portion of the sulfide out, and that's done with a filter. Now, if it's coming through only the hot water, is there an internal source for that? Well, that and that and by the way, that's the most common to have it be on the hot water side. And whenever I hear the smell of sulfur, that rotten egg smell that's so pungent, it, it, it's a horrible. It's really so. And I know you only drink like French bottled water. No, <laughs> you know? that's so not true. <laughs> that's I'm how such she a tap water her gal. Beauty. <laughs> So so inside of your water heater that's down in the basement generally, there is a sacrificial anode rod inside. It's made out of magnesium. And what it's doing And that's is in the water heater? In the water, in the, okay. in the gas or electric uh, water heater. And 
It's, and that, that sacrificial anode is the least noble metal inside that whole tank. And what will happen is it will the, – the, the hydrogen sulfide will attack that and it will just start eating that. And once that's gone, all of a sudden there's nothing to stop this, this advent of uh, hydrogen sulfide and the rotten egg smell. And it will start smelling out of the hot water heater out of, anytime you open out the hot water faucet. How I see, long so does it you, take for that anode to disintegrate? I've seen it go in two years. Uh, but it's mostly it, it lasts just about as long as the water heater does, which is about 9.9 years, about what the or warranty is. Or some of our callers, or, that's right. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or one month less than the warranty. That's right. <laughs> right. But, now, yeah, I think that a lot of folks don't recognize that that is uh, something that, A, fails, and B, is actually replaceable, right? It is. Um, now, we've had our fun trying to get some of these anode rods out. You know, If you look at a standard cylindrical gas or electric water heater, at the top, there's two connections. There's a hot and a cold. But if you look around at the top, there's also you also see generally one more sort of uh, usually a, a knurled nut that sits at the top that if you get the right wrench on it, and they make a wrench just for mag rods, you can back it out and try to get it out. But the fact is... If you don't think about doing this after, until about five to seven years in, that glass-lined steel tank, the water heater, has pretty much fused against that the thread. And we've 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 on this whole house and asked this house, we've tried to show how to remove it, and we've had seven people standing on extension wrenches, and we just couldn't get it. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Um, so what you need to do is you need to change the anode after a couple of years. If you know you're in an area that you've got aggressive water like stay this, ahead of it. you got to stay ahead of it. Now, they also sometimes you'll also find in a low basement, the anode rod might be, what, four feet long. Oh, and there's no height. You, you can't get it out. So you could fight with that thing for an hour and then right. not be able to <laughs> right. get it out of the water And then either. you could cut the old one to get it out if you had to. get the new to. one in. But they do make um, a replacement mag rod, which is actually like sausage links. Oh, in, in pieces? Correct. So it just comes down. You drop it back in and then and then, and that gets you out of it. But it's it's you don't notice it until you notice it. And then sometimes it might be too late. You're not going to get that mag rod out. It sounds like it, this is the kind of project, especially if your water heater is, is five or six or seven years old, which it almost may not be worth it. If it's a finished basement, you'd do better to just get a brand new water heater. And they get more efficient all the time. Yeah. So you, you can't go wrong doing that. Yeah. Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Always great to be with you guys. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Coming up, do these warm weekends have you raring to fire up your gas grill? Well, it sounds great, but it could be a disaster waiting to happen if you don't prep those dormant grills first. We'll tell you how after this. You live in a body pit. Pit is brought to you by Quickcrete. It's what America's made of. For project help from start to finish, download the new Quickcrete mobile app. 
Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We'd love to help you out with whatever it is you are working on. Plus, we'd love to give you the tools to get the job done. And this hour, we're giving away to one lucky caller a spray and forget prize pack. It includes three house and deck ready-to-use trigger sprayers, and it removes exterior stains that are caused by mold and mildew and algae and moss and pretty much everything that's built up over the winter and then makes everything not look so nice this time of year. And all you have to do is spray it and forget it. No need to rinse. Check out their website at sprayandforget.com, and it's a prize pack worth 84 bucks. Going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Susan in California is on the line and needs some help with a driveway makeover. What's going on at your money pit? <laughs> I'm so glad you said the money pit because that's exactly what it is. And now it's the driveway, <laughs> about 1,200 square feet. And it's uh, been, it's about 38 years old, and it needs something else done, and I really don't want to resurface it with blacked uh, up. What are my options? So it's an asphalt driveway now? That's what you're starting with? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Listen, I got news for you, Susan. A 38-year-old roadway needs to be replaced, <laughs> and that's exactly what you have. Whether it's a road that goes down the street or a road that's a highway, nothing lasts 38 years. And if you've gotten 38 years out of that driveway, uh, it's time for a new one. And sure, you can keep slapping sealer on it and patching the cracks and all of that. But at that age, it's got to go. What's the best way? Do they just remove the whole thing and then start from scratch? Or what's the best way to go? I think that's the best way. In most cases, that's the best way. You can resurface it. But if you want to make sure that the base is really solid, you know, you would take off the old, they would put a new base down, they would compact it with machines. So it's really, really solid. And then they would apply new asphalt on top of that. Um, I would make sure I got a specification as to exactly how many inches of this material they're going to put down so that you can compare apples to apples when you're looking at at different contractors. But I think that's going to be your best solution. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Susan. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, summer is the season for sizzling steaks, but whether your gas grill is new or if it's been around the block a few times, there are some steps you need to take before slapping on that first slab of beef or fish or even veggies. Yeah, first of all, if your grill is new, you're going to have to season it. So to do that, you want to just wipe down the interior with a wet cloth and then coat it in vegetable oil or shortening and ignite all the burners. You want to set it to medium heat, which is about 300 degrees. Now, when it reaches that medium heat, you want to close the lid and turn it down to about 250 and let it go for an hour, even two hours, until that coating stops smoking, and then it's going to form a protective coating. Now, if your grill isn't new, you're going to need to scrape off any charred food debris with a wire grill brush. You want to change out any old or burnt lava rocks and also clean the Venturi. Now, the Venturi are the tubes that run the gas or propane from the tank to the burners, and they happen to be a place that spiders love to nest. And any kind of blockage that they create there can cause a backup that's going to lead to an explosion, usually small, but sometimes big. Now, speaking of things that you don't want to happen with gas, you also need to check those gas lines for leaks. Easy way to do that is to get some soapy water. Take a little dish soap perhaps mix it in with some water, and then apply that with like a paintbrush to all the connections. If you see anything bubble up, well, that means you got a leak there. you got to tighten up that connection or replace it if you can't make it go away. If you'd like more tips on grill prep and safety, head on over to moneypit.com. Hi, Fred. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? 
I have a standard toilet. Uh, house is built in 29, so it's, what, 80 years old? Uh, it's the type where the tank hangs on the wall, and then you have an L, and then you have, I guess, you, what do you call that, the bowl? And it started to leak, and so, you know, the, the old uh, metal was pretty corroded and everything, so we took everything out. We took the tank off the wall. We clean, I say we, the, I, the plumber, who I've been using for many years, cleaned everything up, uh, went the hardware store that handles these kind of fittings, and, and we just cannot get this thing to work. It leaks. Where does it leak? Does it leak at the, where at the base of the tank where the pipe connects? In both, yeah. Well, one time we did it, it leaked at the bottom of the tank. The other time it leaked when it went into the bowl. What kind of a washer are you using? What kind of a gasket or seal are you using in those two places? Well, I don't know the technical names of it. You know, the, the guy at the, uh, they, they look like the same stuff we took off. You know, I'm I'm a musician. I don't know these things. Well, it, this shouldn't be that hard to accomplish. And it sounds like whatever they're using in that gasket space right there is not working. And look, if all else fails, you can simply use silicone here. You could apply the silicone. In, as you put this together, you could you seal all of those joints in silicone, let it dry. Try not to touch it until it dries. And then you can take a razor blade and cut off the excess nice and neat and essentially make your own gasket. Yeah, you know, the plumber mentioned something. He said the only thing is if that thing fails and I'm not home, I'm going to have a house full of water. That's true. But the thing is, it, if it, once it works, it usually works you know, continuously. It's not, it doesn't usually fail. If you get it right, it's not going to fail, okay? Yeah, so, uh, in other words, unless I can see some chips or damage on the porcelain or something like that, which I don't see, it, it should work. But I would take it apart, and I would seal with silicone each connection as it goes together so that you end up with a good compression of silicone around that. That's the solution. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, if you plan on enjoying cool air around the clock as the temperatures are climbing, you might want to take the time now to make sure that your system is running efficiently. Air conditioning maintenance tips after this. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, have you checked your AC filters yet? If you haven't, now's a great time to do that. Now that we're running air conditioning, you want to make sure that that air is clean. Not only will it cut down the dust in the house, it can actually prevent your air conditioning system from failing. So replace those filters today. All right. While you're online, checking everything out at moneypit.com, post your question, just like Alex did, and he Writes from Florida. I have a four-year-old central air conditioning system. It works well except for the front room of my house. It's always about five degrees hotter. Any idea why and how can I fix this? You know, this is a very common thing, Alex, where you have differences in uh, the temperature in different rooms, and it stems from uh, a centrally installed system that was never properly balanced. You know, every room in your house, every space in the house has different cooling needs. And if they're not, if your if your system doesn't supply enough BTUs, enough cooling BTUs to that space, it's not going to be the same temperature as the rest of the house. So what do we do about that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, you might want to think about adding an additional supply register to that room. Secondly, and and in Florida houses, very often they're one story and you can run it through the attic, you know, to get to that space pretty easily. Um, Secondly, you also might want to make sure you have good returns from that room. Now, return air is as important as supply air because air conditioning doesn't work 
uh, by simply supplying that cold air to the room without it having to re cycle back to the HVAC system. It's got to go, it's got to be supplied and has to return over and over and over again to make sure that we're getting the proper flow. So more supply air, more returns. Secondly, you can take steps to cut down on the heating load of that room. If you've got windows on that side, if it happens to be on the south side of the house, think about making sure you have shades there. Think about perhaps uh, adding window films that have UV protectorant in them uh, to stop the the solar gain in that space. And then finally, if all else fails, you could consider supplemental cooling via a split ductless system. You know, I have a space in my house that is on the southwest side of the house, and it's not, it's a really old house. So it's kind of hard to get a lot of ducts where this room is. So, what we did is we added a split ductless system there as a supplement to the central air, and now it's quite comfortable. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Jen who writes, What's the best way to get wallpaper glue off of a wall? That's another good question, Jen, and one that we get uh, pretty often here. First of all, removing wallpaper is oh gosh it's such a hassle there's it's a chore there's no really easy way to do this all the products that you can apply to wallpaper um, do do a pretty decent job of loosening it up but there's a lot of labor involved what we found is the surefire most reliable best way to remove wallpaper is to use or rent i should say a wallpaper steamer this does the best job of softening up not only the paper, but the glue underneath it. And using the steamer along with a scraper gives you the best chance of getting that glue off. Now, after you have it off, you really need to lightly sand that wall and then apply a good thick coat of an oil-based primer, solvent-based primer to that entire surface. Otherwise, the top coat of paint's not going to look so hot and it might be kind of lumpy and inconsistent and, and would have different shades or sheens. So the primer's important. Uh, after you get all of that wallpaper paste off the wall. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, let that wallpaper paste that's stuck to the wall dry after the steaming before you go and sand, because you really just want to knock it down, and that'll do the trick. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Remember now, if you've got questions any time of the day or night, we are always available at 888-MONEYPIT or online at moneypit.com where you can post your home improvement question. If we're not in the studio when you call or when your question comes in, we will get back to you the next time we are. Happy summer, everyone. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 